Blog Talk Radio. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Riding the Wave with Mark Healy. I'm your host, Mark Healy, the managing editor of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper, since 1893. Uh, one of the great things that's uh, happened since we've moved back downstairs to our old-slash-new offices here at the Wave, and I, 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 you know, I said this last week, I said it the week before, can't stress it enough to... Folks out there who read the wave each and every week should really stop by at 8808 Rockaway Beach Boulevard, see the new digs, and, uh, you know, it really has allowed us to do more stuff, and that's, you know, doing live podcasts, you know, in the office, which really we really could not do uh, in the old offices upstairs, and, uh, you know, Walker Hornung is a guy that, uh, you know, we've been certainly writing about in the wave even before I got here. Uh, he is just uh, the best. He joined us today uh, in the um, in in the office uh, and actually even gave us a little impromptu uh, performance. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's get to the um, let's get to the uh, interview we did with uh, singer songwriter Walker uh, Walker Hornung uh, today uh, at the wave. Uh, we sat down with Walker. Uh, really looked forward. Really looked uh, forward to this, and uh, he did not disappoint. It was a great, great interview, and here it is. Okay, we're talking with Walker Hornung, who stopped by the Wave today to talk about his new album uh, and a bunch of other stuff. You know, right. because we got a lot of stuff cooking. Walker, welcome to Riding the Wave. Oh, it's nice to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. Um, I ask this of every musical. Uh, either musician or singer, you know, what What was the first thing you heard that made you feel like this is what I want to do? Well, I was a music fan prior to that. Um, I, I was a Beatle guy and I, and I loved David Bowie. The first record I ever bought was The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. And I felt like, you know, I had all the brothers, but I felt like the, um, Bowie was mine, you know what I mean? But the, I didn't actually want to become a musician until I heard The Police. When I heard the police, it, it, it made sense to me, you know, the, 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 the punk rock and the reggae stuff combined, and, you know, I, it seemed accessible to me. Little did I know how complicated their music was, but for some reason that was what, what drove me to actually pick a guitar up and start playing with the police. So, and um, I was around 12 years old. I, bought a, I worked a job and bought a bass for myself, and I couldn't really play it. And then, then I joined a band, but I found that the singing came natural, so I, I ended up playing, you know, singing more so than, and, and then passing the guitars off to the people who played better. So, like every artist, mm-hmm. uh, whether they work in oils or whether mm-hmm. they are actors mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever it is, sculptors, mm-hmm. everybody has different, uh, you know, genres they go through. Everybody right. has different. I know this new album, yeah. uh, the Silence of Outer Space, right. is a, uh, you know, with uh, with Ace. And uh, and RJ and Joni, our own Joni yeah. Walkoff is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's this is a departure for you. So, you know, kind of, kind of try to explain. You know, for the for, for the folks that are used to your other stuff, okay. uh, why you went to this 
the, well, the I always feel like, you know, whether it sounds like a musical departure to the listener, uh, to me it's not a musical departure. These things are always inside me, and sometimes it takes a long time for enough songs to be written and accumulate to make a full album. I mean, there there were things on there that I had written, you know, years prior, and um, sometimes it just takes something new to open up that door. Uh, and working with RJ, who's a producer down here, he he was a producer who worked with a with a band called the Wordy Bums, and the Wordy Bums were a, were a, a, like a live rap act almost, you know. And he was, uh, you know, he was a big part of their, you know, of their sound. And he he contacted me almost out of nowhere and said, you know, would you be interested in working on a project? And he sent me some of his original music that he had he, he had done for it, and he had initially asked if I could put lyrics to it. And uh, it kind of just fell into some of the other things that I had uh, going on. So I said, you know, this is great. Let's 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 explore it. So Ace is the uh, he was my original drummer and and a songwriting partner of mine for 30 years. And he was in he was the drummer for the original band. I was in Q South, which uh, you know we've had a working relationship for years now. And uh, it just seemed like the right time for it. And I had just done a rock album uh, with the Brotherhood of the Grape um, only five months prior. So. It worked out okay, you know. We just wanted to, you know, it's really just being inventive and uh, exploring new, new territory. So when you first started to play, you know, we'll go back. When you first started to play, mm-hmm. what did you find yourself playing a lot of? Well, uh, my initial, you know, was, was like everybody was in. It was in a cover band. We were in a U2 uh, cover band in the '80s called uh, Wire, and I. Um, you know, I played the Bono role, and um, and uh, it, you know, it was fun. You know, we just did a couple of covers, but you know, almost immediately though, I, I knew I wanted to write my own music. You know, it's something that suited my voice more. But I had a very similar range to Bono, and ultimately, it was it was uh, the irony of it all was after I had uh, my first record deals with Q South and all the and the band, I. I ended up doing a, um, a version with a soca artist named Masha Montano, and we did ended up doing a soca version of With or Without You. So it was almost like a full circle. It was pretty funny because it was something that was so natural to me, and and, and it ended up being kind of a groundbreaking track in that genre because it was the first time they kind of went out of carnival music and they kind of melded American music or well Irish, you know, or whatever. But like you know, modern pop music with the uh, with the soca music, which is kind of Trinidad's staple for carnival. No, so it's funny because um, you know, just thinking about uh, how I know our readers uh, certainly know you from all the shows that you've done in right. Rockaway and mm-hmm. Broad Channel, and obviously right. Rockstock right. uh, and Barrels, which is coming up. I think what June twenty fourth, twenty fourth. Right. Yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk okay. about about Rockstock because I know when I first came here in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. um, that was one of the first things because I had yeah. started in May. Right. So one of yeah, the first timing. One right, of the yeah. first ep- one of the first events we did was yeah. Rockstock. Yeah. So. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I've spoken to Jimmy Dowd over the years yeah. and, and certainly uh, have uh, heard the enthusiasm in his voice, yeah, he's great. you know, for the for the for the for the event. So um, give me give me a sense of what Rockstock, uh, what what the process was, I guess, getting it started and then, you know, about how it's evolved and, and where it is now. OK. Well, Jimmy is my cousin, and uh, Jimmy and Thaddeus Snyder, who's a um, who's an actor from down here. He also works in the uh, was a bartender for years, and he's a professional actor. Um, the three of us had owned a, 
a skateboard shop called Blood New York that was um, on on uh, where the Wendy's is down here on um, you know Rockway Be- uh, on Beach Channel Drive. We owned the skateboard shop for about a year. It was, and we we initially did one con like a thing. Jimmy Jimmy was surfing and uh, and I I was playing the guitar on the boardwalk and it just turned into like one of those fun little events you know and um, the initial one had Indiculture and me. And uh, Simon from Simon and the Boss Genesis, who's, uh, you know, he's a New York uh, legend in his own right. And uh, it just, we had so much fun doing it. And this was 11 years ago. So, um, you know, every year we just, it, it, we just kept increasing it. You know, we, we, we incorporated the surf contest. Jimmy, Jimmy's so plugged into the skate and surf community. He, him more so, you know, I, and I handled the music. And then Steve Stappis, who owns Borders with Jimmy, he got involved and he, he's a, you know, a, a local guy who knows, you know, you know, who knows the Rockaways like the back of his hand, and every year it just keeps gaining steam. But as far as the music is concerned, the, the, the most important thing to me was it seemed like there were so many bands, you know, who do cover music getting getting work, and it seemed like it was harder and harder for the younger bands who who played original music to have a a place to do it, or you know, or the exposure to do it in front of a big audience. So some of the criteria that I have as far as booking the bands. It's a first come first serve thing, really, but I always make sure to have t- at least two or three new acts on there who play original music, and I and we have one band from out of the country come every year. So we've had a couple of Irish bands. We've had you know we've had bands from all over the place in Trinidad, but um, you know this year we have the Dysfunction. They're uh, they're from Puerto Rico. So we're, we're really we, you know, but basically it's we try to make it a uh, you know an event. People who write original music can play in front of people, you know, in front of a large audience that's there to see it. Right. You know, that's yeah. cool. Uh, also, let's talk about um, let's talk about um, you know this year has been and you know 2016 too, you know, with Prince and David Bowie, right. and, you know, just recently with uh, Greg Allman. Right. Um, I, I know, I know that some of my friends, you know, when we, I know I get the abuse all the time because mm-hmm. I'm always put music or mm-hmm. tributes or different things right. um, on my Facebook page. Yeah. And I know you do it too. I love you. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you are always, and, and, and the thing I love about you, you you're just as eclectic as yeah. I am. You'll throw stuff, like, like I was saying before, before we went on the air, uh, we were talking about that, you know, that, right. that love in different genres of music. Um, I know you brought your guitar today. Yeah. So I guess, you know, with Greg Allman, yeah. you know, what what went through your mind when you heard, and you know what what are you inspired to kind of like? Everybody has their own way. Like mm-hmm. when I go to church, I pray by singing. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, uh, this is other people. Definitely, you know, this is definitely my religion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, so how this, do you? This, this year was strange. Uh, growing up, I mean, I I, I was a David, David Bowie was my was my initial inspiration, and and I always tried to model myself after Bowie. Not so much in in, in the sense that people would think. But more so in like trying to maintain your integrity, moving in and out of different genres of music, and I feel like you know at this stage of my career, I, you know, between the alt rock and the the soaker and the reggae, and then you know then this electronic music on the new album, I feel like um you know I've, I've been true to that. But at the same time, I always had uh, just a very very traditional soul singer's voice, and sometime in the early '90s, my older brother passed away, and. Uh, I got somebody handed me an album called Laid Back by Greg Allman, which is his first solo album. And uh, it was written right after Dwayne had died. And I guess the connection that I made there 
was that, you know, you can almost hear the, the longing for whatever happened to him in his family situation, you know, where, he, you know, these things were gone. I knew he, his, his father had, had, had been killed young. My father passed away when I was a small boy as well. And I had just initial a connection to, to his music. I could hear in, in, in his writing, you know, things that I heard in my writing. Whether other people can hear those things with the Bowie and the... And people always said, you know, what, what is the connection with David Bowie and Greg Ullman? They come from two different planets. I said, but to me, it all makes complete sense, you know, in, as far as my songwriting is concerned. So, you know. Um, do you want to play something? Sure, glad. Yeah, why don't you play something? Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, one of the first songs I heard, even though it wasn't on Laid Back, I'm not sure. You know, I think it was on the second record, but it was an Allman Brothers song. Well, I'm No Angel. Which one is that on? That's that's. I think the name of that record was I'm No Angel, and that came out in the late '80s. But these 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 particular tracks came from from uh, the early '70s. You know, right after Dwayne had passed away. But um, I haven't played this in a long time, so. Be, be good to me, listeners out there. This is a song called Come and Go Blues. People say you're no good But I wouldn't cut you loose, woman, if I could Seeing the face down on the ground Baby, I'm too far gone to turn around Only you Make up your mind Take me to where you go Leave me a behind Lord, you got those Congo
When every pain is finally cured by time Wish you good luck. I'll see you when you come next time. Lord, you got those condo blues. Woman, you got those condo. Got me feeling just like a fool. That was awesome, man. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Oh, thank you. That was great. And that's that's not an easy song to say. Uh, I, I just uh, I haven't played it in a long time. I just got this guitar recently, and um, somebody had asked me to, to, to fix it for them, and... Um, I got the guitar, and um, I was doing some research on it. It was a, somebody's father's guitar that had passed away. And I researched the, the serial number on the back. It's a Gibson J50. And when I researched the, the, the number on the back, it turned out the guitar came off the assembly line the month and the year I was born. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And I, I, I said, you know, I said, there is no way that I'm parting with this guitar. <laughs> and so I went into begging mode. And fortunately enough, my wife and children ended up going around my back, and they uh, they, they made it happen, and oh, now I have cool. it. So that's, uh, that's very you know cool. it's um, it's a great guitar, and it's a it's one you know uh, one that I'm going to hold on to as long as I'm I'm, I'm on this earth. Now, do you do you, are you like Johnny Cash? You only play acoustic, or do you? Um, no, I play electric guitar. I, I'm not known for um, you know the you know the the fiddling bits and the guitar you know the guitar solos and stuff like that. I generally use a guitar to write. And I, you know, I'm proud of my rhythm hand, and I, I generally kind of set the tempos and and play, you know, play along, you know, uh, with the band, you know. And right. Then, uh, the, the Brotherhood of the Grape has had, you know, we've had some great guitar players in the band, you know, in the course of the years. Currently, Robbie Rizzo's playing with us. The lineup of the band is me, Rob Rizzo, Roger Machetti, Eddie Joe McCabe, and Dan Nice on the drums. But I've had great guitar players over the years. Jeff Unger, who's a, a he, he's a metal monster. Ron Zabrocki. Uh, Chris DeLeo, uh, John Simonelli, you know, Danny Mulvanity from Mindicultures said I went me a bunch of times. And, you know, so I, I actually like when I have a different guitar player every now and then because they they bring their personality to to the songs that they're already established. So unlike the, say, the Rolling Stones who have 30 years have had to play the same, you know, satisfaction, right. I get the opportunity to play a song that's maybe 20 years old but with a new guitar player on it, you know, it gives it different character, and, the, and we can go into different places. So, when you took out the the first thing that popped into my head when you took out the lyrics, mm-hmm. I said, um, I remember when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, I loved Elvis. I mean, Elvis, yeah. Elvis has always been my favorite. He's, the king. Yeah, he's, he's my the favorite. King. Like, you know, I love Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. I love Frank Sinatra. I love mm-hmm. Bobby Darin. I love all that stuff. Right. But Elvis is my guy. Mm-hmm. That's that's. The first time I ever performed on stage mm-hmm. was Elvis. Right. How I got into acting was Elvis. Right. You know, I had never thought about acting before. Right. Uh, the high school, I had just moved from Brooklyn to Queens, and uh, Holy Cross was doing Joseph and the Amazing well, Poetry. Cross? I went to Holy Cross. I went to St. Francis Prep. I taught her prep. <laughs> I taught her prep. I taught her prep. I got a lot of grief when I went mm-hmm. there. But they were doing Joseph. 
Right. And Joseph has an Elvis part, mm -hmm. you know. So I was like, "Well, there's no one who could do a better Elvis than me." That was right. my mindset. No, so I went in there, and, and but the, I fell in love with acting sure. because of that. Right. So when you took out, you mean it wasn't Clambake that uh, got no, 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 it wasn't, wasn't Clambake. But when you took out the lyrics, mm -hmm. Elvis used to do that later in oh, his yeah. career, and he goes, "Oh, you know, I gotta sing the words right. if you don't <laughs> mind." Sorry. Did you ever hear that one particular version of? Um, uh, I, I'm not even sure. There's a live version where he's kind of, and he used to do the speaking part, and then he's mumbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's a I wonder if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> plus you know? Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I always go back, you know, to to the old stuff. Yeah. You know, we, in my set, wherever I play live, you know, I mean, we always pay some kind of homage to, I mean, rock and roll is rock and roll. Like, right. like, you know, you can get as fancy as you want. Like on the new album, it's a far departure from just straight rock and roll. But believe me, when I'm live on stage anywhere, you're going to hear that's all right, mama. You're going to, I mean, right. I, you know, you, you, there's no avoiding it. You want to get a place going and you want rock and roll, you got to play rock and roll. And until you do that, you know, you, you got to learn the, the foundation before you can start, you know, adding on additional rooms right. of the house. Right, well, same thing, you know, it, it, look, it's the same thing. Hemingway said, you know, mm -hmm. you want to write other stuff, mm -hmm. make sure you can do everything in the right. toolbox. And nobody, but, you know, and nobody can write right. a simple line like uh, Ernest Hemingway. Exactly. Right. Um, I do want to ask you one thing, because sure. I've been asking everybody I know, especially the guitar players, mm -hmm. um, you know, Chuck Berry's last album yeah. comes out this summer. Yeah. And, you know, I only heard about it yeah. because... I only I, heard, I heard one track off of uh, Bad Boys or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and I'm so excited to hear yeah. the whole yeah. album. Like, mm -hmm. I want to, like, just carve out a mm -hmm. day, like, a couple of yeah, hours, right, well, just and just listen to the whole thing, because I know his son plays on it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, he has other kids that yeah. are on the, on the tracks. Mm -hmm. um, what, when Chuck Berry died, when, when mm -hmm. you first heard that he passed away, yeah. um, what, what was the first thing you thought of? The first thing I thought of was it wasn't, you know, really the uh, Johnny B. Good kind of licks. I always, the, the most impressive thing to me about uh, Chuck Berry was his, his ability to write such simple, classic, great lyric. And uh, it, it, I think it's often overlooked. I mean, these people just sweet little 16 and these, you know, I mean, everybody's kind of just done a version of that, you know, whether it's back in the USSR or certain right, USSR. Right. I mean, it's just... You know, but and everybody not only do they emulate that you know that traditional you know that guitar lick the Johnny B. Good guitar lick, you have it, it, that doesn't work unless you have those simple down to earth like where you're from lyrics. You know what I mean? And you know, and that did, simple is always the hardest. You know, it always ends up being the best. Whatever you write that initially falls out of your guitar, the ones that come out like in two seconds flat are always the best songs you have. You know, for any songwriter, I'll tell you that. And, uh, Johnny B. Good to me mm -hmm. is is like um, Hungry Heart for Springsteen. Mm -hmm. It's like you love the songs mm -hmm. and they're classic songs mm -hmm. and you remember them forever, right. but they're not really indicative of all oh, right. You know of what those guys did. Right. It's so different. Like, like you know, I say that all the time. If people, you know, I'm not a huge Springsteen guy, mm -hmm. but there's about 15 songs mm -hmm. that. For me, yeah, are I was like, raised on his early albums to me. Were, you, know, you know, my family were like gospel. Yeah, love, love I mean, look, I, I I came yeah. later on. Yeah. I, I in the beginning, I was more of a Billy Joel guy mm -hmm. and a, a Mellencamp guy, and mm -hmm. and you know, so the Springsteen stuff for me came later. Right. So I didn't really start going back and yeah. listening to. But this, I, even, you know, even with Chuck Berry, if you take a song like he had a song with a brown-eyed handsome man, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you, even just the you know the, the his ability to. 
to weave the baseball theme in 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 right. and the love theme. You know what I mean? And it's so effortless; it just yeah. comes right out. And then on top of it all, it'll have a golden hook, which of course is you know to the songwriter is the the single most important thing to have to have something that the listener is going to take away. You know right. what I mean? So I mean, I I always thought Chuck Barris Chuck Barris comes up. Um, Chuck, I always thought Chuck's lyrics were, were you know, I think that was his, uh, you know, his like black belt, you know, that he kept. Yeah, uh, you absolutely. Know, his, his, hidden, his hidden genius was really in his songwriting. So. so what else you have cooked up? You have Rockstock, that's on June 24th. Yeah. What else you got cooking this summer? Um, well, we have a bunch. I mean, we're, we're fortunately enough, and I say fortunately enough because, you know, to play original music and, you know, survive in, in New York is, it's, it's no small accomplishment, but uh, in, in my opinion, but. We're we're going to be touring in Europe in July. We're going. To, we have we're playing a bunch of festivals over in um, in Ireland. We play this one particular festival we love called La Cala, and uh, that's in Old Castle. And it's run by our friends Gov and Willow and and Noel. These guys and you know we play with great bands over there. You know young young bands like the Stripes are there and you know some classic you know some classic bands they have as well. Some Irish players. We go to Limerick. We get to play with and Lizzie, you know, you know, in, in their haunts, and I think we're a lot like them. My my rock band, the Brother of the Grape, because we, even though we're playing like straight rock and roll, there's an R and B tinge to it, and I always thought Thin Lizzie had that. Uh, oh yeah, had that great sure. uh, combination of both things, and you know, so you know, aside from Europe and stuff, then we have BB, we, you know, we headline BB Kings at least once or twice a year. We're going back there, and uh, we're booked right now for January 17th, I think, or the cool, 16th, cool. 16th or 17th, but the, it's already booked. But um. Just check the calendar. BB Kings has it, but we'd love to have everybody out to that show. It's yeah. great, man. That's yeah. great. I really want to thank you yeah. for coming by today. No man. problem. I have cool. my cousin Jimmy's here too. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy, come here. Stay come on, Jimmy. Come over. Come over, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy Dowd. Yep. Jimmy. Jimmy's the real brains behind. What's Rock up, Jimmy? Rock. How are we doing, brother? How are you, buddy? He's the real. So, Jimmy, let's talk about it. Uh, we, we talked about it already with Walker. Um, Rockstock. Yeah. Uh, it comes June 24th, right? So, this year, yeah. what what's cooking for this year? What do you got set up for this year? Uh, this year, you know, we're trying to just grow the event basically every year and keep it, trying to grow something on a bigger level and maintaining that grassroots vibe can be difficult, but somehow for 11 years, this is our 11th year, we have maintained that, a free grassroots event where you can hear local music and different talent coming up. And as well, we have the, the vendors on the board as well, which is nice because then you get to see all different artwork and crafts or any other merchandise that might be coming out of the neighborhood as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we do offer the surf contest. Uh, the ESA, the Eastern Surf Association, will be uh, presenting that this year in coordinates with the Rockaway Beach Surf Association. And we'll also be doing a skateboard contest. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, and I'll tell you, we can't, we, we can't thank the Parks Department enough. I mean, for 11 years straight we've been doing this, and... They've kind of worked hand-in-hand hand with us and not really tied us up. Even during the Sandy Storm, when there was no boardwalk, we, we held this event on the beach, literally on the sand, with, in, you know, in, with cooperation between the lifeguards and, and the Parks Department and, and the NYPD. And, I mean, you know, we, thank God Rockaway is the community that Rockaway is because everybody, you know, everybody works together. You know? We pushed it hard that year, too. We ended up building two separate stages. Yeah, we built we stages. Had to, we had to lug them through the sand. All the bands had to walk two and a half blocks with all their equipment mm-hmm. on the beach. And somehow or another, we had, I think, 15 bands yeah. that day. Yeah. So you get to see live music from between the start of the event at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. You get to see free live music from 10 a.m. to 10 at night. That's including the after party. This year, the after party 
will be held at the Low Tide Bar at the 97th Street concession. Mm -hmm. Right. And that um, we're hosting um, Exit Verona. Right. The local oh, South cool. Queens band right. out of Howard Beach. So. Yeah. And I'll tell you, we've been lucky as far as the talent is concerned. There's, there's no shortage of it. The same year that we we did the rock stock on the um, on the um, on the sand, we I, I put the record company that I, that I'm on into the Whip Records, Jim McGuire. We and um, he, he compiled all the South Queens bands, and we put a record out called uh, you know Greetings from South Queens, and it's a, has like 17 tracks on it. I, I have a track or two on there. And it's all local bands in the culture. Uh, you know, uh, Rat Trap, uh, John Simonelli, uh, you know, just all these like local guys. And they, there's just so much talent in Rockaway. It's scary. Between the artists, the painters, the writers, you know, you guys know from the wave with the writers. And, you know, when you guys hand, you guys have been, you know, uh, you've had your hand on the pulse for forever here. So, and, uh, you know, we're just happy that we're able to be the, the you know, start the summer up and be the people who present the initial, you right. know, because there's so many other great events. Now they have the Poseidon Parade at the end of the, at the end of the year. We love to, we love the bookend aspect of that. Right. Oh, stock starts it off yep. and Poseidon closes it, you know. So. Well, the other thing, too, is, is that with the boardwalk this year being completely finished, uh, everyone, the ferry, everybody feels like... Mm -hmm. What does is, what is, uh, what is Kevin Costner say in uh, Field of Dreams? The cosmic tumblers have yeah, all fallen right. into play. They built it. We're hoping <laughs> exactly. everybody comes. You know? But that's, that, that seems like you know, that's where, hopefully for everybody involved. We patiently, that waited. Yeah. patiently waited to see this neighborhood flourish as it has every year more and more. And the influx just gets bigger. Right. And um, it's cool to see the community come together as a whole to kind of adapt to that massive influx, which is great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if people have any questions or anything like that about um, becoming a vendor or a sponsor or getting involved with the Rockstock, they can check out the website. We have right. a full website, folks. Uh, www.rockstocknyc.net. And, of course, then if, you, if anybody who is interested in the music, you can go to www.brotherhoodofthegrape.com. And uh, we hope to see you more so at, at Rockstock than anything because, uh, you know, not for my band in particular, just because of the, the vibe and it's family friendly. This isn't like yeah. a, it's not like Woodstock where there's, a, you know, whatever, you know, half-naked people driving around. And this is, this is a family friendly event and, and it's fully embraced by the community at this stage after 11 years. You know, and we thank God for that. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping oh, by. I really so nice appreciate to it. Thank you for having me. So that was a great interview. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a nice surprise that Jimmy Dowd from Borders stopped by and uh, uh, added to the discussion with Rockstock. And I'm just going to leave you uh, with this week with a cut from um, the latest album uh, that Walker was talking about, uh, The Silence of Outer Space. And uh, this this cut is uh, called Simple Fascination, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll send you home uh, with Simple Fascination. Have a great week, everybody, and uh, certainly, uh, as I said before, uh, check out everything that we're doing on Instagram at The Wave News, on Twitter at The Wave News, on Facebook.com at The Wave News, and, of course, rockawave.com, R-O-C-K-A-W-A-V-E.com. Uh, for everything that's been ha happening in Rockaway 24-7, 365. Here's Simple Fascination by Walker uh, Hornig, uh, as well as 
the the I'm sorry, uh, Rageism, uh, Ace, and our own Joni Wolkoff uh, is a part of this album as well. So simple fascination. Have a great week, everybody, from Riding the Wave.